Hi everyone, I'm Chloe and welcome back to another episode of What's Up WWE Universe, the podcast where we recap pay-per-views, Raw, NXT 2.0, and SmackDown and talk about news, rumors, wrestlers, matches, and everything going on in the WWE Universe. Before we get started, make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Tell everyone you know so that we can keep our audience growing and spreading. And if you haven't already, make sure you go follow our Facebook page at What's Up WWE Universe Pod. And I want to apologize because I was unable to record an episode last week. I planned on it, but um, I just was unable to record. But... If you didn't see our dress-up that we did for that episode, I dressed up as Indy Hartwell, and although, you know, she didn't say anything or like it, Indy did see it on my mom's Instagram story, so hooray for that. And this week, we will be having two dress-ups to close out our dress-up theme that we've been doing this month. And I think that if you have been paying attention paying attention a lot during this podcast, I think you should know who I'm dressing up as. And I want to take a minute. Our questions last week, well, the week before last, I asked, what match are you excited for most at Crown Jewel? And one of you said that you were excited for Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley, no holds barred. And another one said that you were excited for Edge versus Seth Rollins inside of Hell in a Cell, which I thought were both very great matches. But anyways, let's go ahead and kick off this episode and recap this past week's episode of Monday Night Raw. So on this past week's episode of Monday Night Raw, we started out the night with Biggie coming out, and he celebrated being in the city of Houston, and the fans actually started chanting, Let's go Astros, of course, hinting to the World Series that is currently going on. And then Biggie not only celebrated his win, but Xavier Woods' big win at Crown Jewel, and Biggie was wondering, Who is his next challenger? And then Seth Rollins, one of the newest draftees, came out and he got taunted a little bit about his loss at Crown Jewel. And Biggie told him to go to the back of the line. But then Seth got a little quirky. He involved like Roman Reigns. And then he just straight up challenged Biggie to a championship match. But then Rey Mysterio came out. And said that he deserved a championship match. He listed his resume. And then we saw Finn Balor coming out. And he had his eyes on the WWE Championship. He listed all his accolades. But he's never won the WWE Championship. Out of all the championships that he has won. And then we saw Kevin Owens. Again, these are basically all new draftees to Raw. Kevin Owens came out enlisted his resume and recalled winning the Universal Championship in the same venue they were at. And then Seth kind of started a brawl and he tried to escape, but then Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville announced a fatal four-way ladder match for a championship opportunity. And Seth Rollins was not very happy about this. And then we saw a match. It was the Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs versus the Alpha Academy for a Raw Tag Team Championship match later in the same night. And during this match, we did see RK Bro watching the match backstage. And I would say the Street Profits were definitely the fan favorite in this match. And it looked like they had it. But then during the match, Omos came out and he attacked the Street Profits. And the Dirty Dogs were able to get the win and get that championship opportunity. So it looks like, I don't know, is there some unfinished business between AJ Styles and Omos and the Street Profits? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And then we saw the coronation of Queen Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega did become queen at Crown Jewel. I know one of you, of course, voted for Dewdrop and... I know, you know, that's 
not the way we wanted it to go. It's okay. I was rooting for Dewdrop too. But anyways, we saw Zelina's coronation and Zelina called out Mike Rome for not announcing her correctly. And then he re-announced her as Your Majesty, One True Queen of WWE. And as she's making her speech, she's putting on this British accent every once in a while. And we saw the Raw Women's Locker Room were watching backstage. And they did not look very happy. And then Zelina said that everyone would bow down to her. And said that what happened to Dewdrop at Crown Jewel is just an example of what happens when you stand in her way. And then we saw Zelina take on Dewdrop. And during this match, Zelina actually loosened a turnbuckle. And while the ref was distracted, tried to put it back on. Zelina took her scepter and used it against Dewdrop to once again get the victory. So it doesn't look like Zelina is a very loyal queen, that's for sure. And then we saw Becky Lynch, the new Raw Women's Champion, coming out. And of course, she never lost the Raw Women's Championship. She just, you know, relinquished it to go on maternity leave. And she intended on picking up on her Raw Women's Championship reign right, right where she left on. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she celebrated her victory at Crown Jewel. And she said to keep Bianca Belair away from her championship. And wanted to beat girls like Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. And then Bianca interrupted and called out Becky for cheating on Sasha Banks at Crown Jewel. She you, she put her foot on the ropes to secure the victory, if y'all remember. And then Bianca said that, you know, she was not involved with that pinfall at all. And said that she deserved a championship rematch. And then Becky put on some pictures and compared their faces after Crown Jewel. Becky was extremely happy, and Bianca, of course, looked defeated. And Becky just said that Bianca has the face of a loser and says that since she's been back, Bianca has had nothing but disappointments. And then Bianca said that Becky is just jealous of her and has nothing without her title and wanted a championship match on that same night. And then Becky told Bianca to get to the back of the line. And then Bianca was just tired of it. And she attacked Becky. And Becky tried to attack Bianca with the kendo stick. But Bianca was able to take it and used it on Becky. But then Becky was able to escape. And says Bianca got her rematch. Just not tonight. And she did, you know, issue it. Well, next week on the next episode of Raw, we will be getting that match. Which we're actually going to talk about that match a little bit later. And then we saw Kevin Owens and Finn Balor backstage. And Kevin told Finn that he had to win the Fatal 4-Way match. And he talked about, you know, it's every man for himself. And Finn was like, I agree with you. And then we saw Damian Priest. He got some new entrance packaging and some new music. I think they're trying out this new character with him. And we saw him go up against T-Bar in a championship contenders match. And technically the winner of this match was Damian Priest via disqualification. Because T-Bar threw a chair at Damian Priest during the match. And then Damian just snapped and absolutely attacked T-Bar. He put the reckoning on him. And, you know, this new character they seem to be trying out with. Damien Priest. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how this goes. And then we saw Carmella. And by the way, um, if y'all, of course, didn't hear, this last weekend was her birthday weekend. And not only was it her birthday weekend, she got engaged to Corey Graves. So a great weekend for Carmella. And a big congrats to her and Corey Graves. And ahead of her match with Liv Morgan, she called her a jealous hater but had a plan, especially with her new mask that she's been wearing. And Carmella actually got some new theme music. And, of course, she put on her mask before the match and went up against Liv Morgan. And Liv Morgan wore some really cute Chucky-inspired gear, which I really loved. And my favorite part of this match was when Liv Morgan, like, hit 
Carmela's head on the announce table, and she said to Corey Graves, like, congrats on your engagement. But at the end of this match, it was Carmela who was able to get the win over Liv Morgan. And honestly, I'm just going to say it straight up. I hate the way that Liv Morgan is being treated as of late. I really think that, you know, she deserves more victories and she is for sure an underrated fan favorite that I think we'd all love to see get more opportunities and more respect. And honestly, WWE better start doing something with her on Raw because, you know, she could probably probably be thriving anywhere else. So WWE better do something with her. And then we saw Keith Bearcat Lee ahead of his match with Cedric Alexander got some new theme music. Seems like a lot of new entrants and revamping on the new Raw roster. And he went up against Cedric Alexander. And he did win. And then after the match, Shelton Benjamin kind of looked like he was eyeing Keith Lee. And Keith kind of just looked at him like, you know, very intimidating. And then... Shelton like quickly got away so I don't know does this mean is Keith Bearcat Lee going to start a rivalry with the Hurt Business that'd be pretty darn awesome if you ask me and um then we saw Austin Theory well Rey Mysterio was backstage with Dominic Mysterio Dominic was helping him get ready for his fatal four-way match and then Austin Theory came over and wanted a selfie with Rey Mysterio then he told Dominic to take it, and Dominic was like, I'm not a photographer, and this is not your locker room. And then Austin was like, how about I get a selfie with you in the ring? Of course, challenging him. And then he accepted, and Dominic told Ray that he'd do it on his own. You know, there's a lot of tension almost between the Mysterious right now that everyone is wondering, you know, when is it going to finally boil over? And... Then we saw Dominic go up against Austin Theory, and the winner of the match was Austin Theory. And after the match, Austin tried to get a selfie with Dominic, and then the ref called him out. And so Austin also got a selfie with the ref. So I don't think Austin Theory cares who he's hurting or disrespecting. He is just there to trailblaze. And then we saw Riddle pitching some Super Mario costumes for Halloween to Randy Orton. And Randy told him to just focus on beating the Dirty Dogs and retaining their Raw Tag Team Championships. And then we saw Veer is coming to Raw. Of course, he was split away from Jinder Mahal and Shanky. They're over on SmackDown. He is staying on Raw, though. But it looks like he is ready to establish himself as a singles competitor. And then we saw RK-Bro versus the Dirty Dogs for the Raw Tag Team Championships. And, of course, you know, the Dirty Dogs already, they're new draftees, and they're already looking to establish a name for themselves. And at the end of this match, it was Randy Orton hit an RKO on Robert Roode. Um, and that distracted Dolph Ziggler, which led Riddle to roll him up, and he and Randy Orton retained the Raw Tag Team Championships. And then we saw Seth Rollins said that he knows that he has a target on his back ahead of the Fatal 4-Way match, and he said that he knows that Big E is afraid of him, and he planned to win that Fatal 4-Way ladder match. And then we got to see that match. Of course, there were so many crazy moments. Very grueling match. I mean... It's a fatal four-way ladder match with some of the greatest. I mean, what else would you expect? I mean, we had Kevin Owens throwing Rey Mysterio through a table. And then Seth Rollins throwing Kevin Owens through the ladder during the match. But at the end of the match, it was Seth Rollins who was able to climb the ladder and get that championship opportunity contract. And then Big E came out after the match and kind of congratulated Seth Rollins after the match and Seth of course was gloating and he said that Raw is his show and he is planning on becoming the WWE champion again so 
We'll have to see when will that match be. I mean, I don't think it could be at Survivor Series, of course, because as of right now, I think that E would be taking on, um, oh my goodness, Roman Reigns. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see where that goes. And that is it for our Raw recap. Now, let's recap NXT 2.0 Halloween Havoc. So at NXT 2.0 Halloween Havoc, we started out the night with the special guest of the evening, Chucky. He welcomed the NXT universe to Halloween Havoc 2021. And we started out the night with Io Shirai and Zoe Stark versus Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada versus Toxic Attraction in a Stairway to Hell match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. And it was a very grueling match. All the ladies, of course, wanted those championships. But at the end of the match, it was Gigi Dolan who was able to climb the ladder and win the tag team championships for herself and JC Jane. So Toxic Attraction was already having a pretty good night. And then we saw Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams going to Dexter Loomis's haunted house to get Carmelo's North American Championship belt. I love the part Drick Williams is just like, man, I have a virtual replica. He's like, no, I want the real one I won. And they were like, oh, you know, Dexter's house has gotten a little bigger since last year, of course. If y'all remember the match he had with Cameron Grimes, which was absolutely hilarious. But anyways... Johnny and Dexter, Johnny Gargano and Dexter were watching on cameras with even one of the zombie refs from last year. And like Johnny was like, it's okay. I home alone the crap out of this place. And Carmelo and Trick got scared by monsters. There was even a dead kid. They're like, oh no, what's that? They're like, oh, never mind, just a dead kid. And that was being said to be continued later in the night. So Trick, well, Carmelo Hayes was very determined to get his North American Championship belt back. And then we saw, even though LA Knight did win the match last week to host Halloween Havoc, Grayson Waller came out and said that he was saving the show as host. And then Joe Gacy came out ahead of his match against Malik Blade. And he said that Halloween is just not an inclusive holiday. And then... Malik Blade was just tired of hearing him ramble and drop kicked him ahead of their match. And during the match, we actually saw a figure enter the building. We had no clue who it was. And during this match, the bald man, his name is actually Harland, came out and he choked Malik Blade before Joe Gacy stopped him. And the winner of this match was Joe Gacy. And after the match, Joe Gacy told Harlan that he could always trust him. I think Harlan is definitely his favorite little snowflake. So we'll have to see where this partnership between Joe Gacy and Marlon goes. Not Marlon, Harlan, excuse me. And then we saw Kaylee Ray. We haven't seen her in a little bit. She was so tired of the disrespect. She had done nothing at NXT 2.0 after being one of the longest reigning women's champions ever. And she is ready to rage. So we will have to see what is next for Kaylee Ray. And I'd also love to see more of Ember Moon. Of course, she hasn't really done anything since Shotzi. Well, she has done a few things. And she did tell us to stay tuned. So I am getting ready to stay tuned i mean i've been ready for quite a while so let's go ahead and get ember some of the screen time that she really deserves and then we saw aiki manjiro and kushida all the superstars were partying backstage and they were upset about the lack of candy with grayson waller and then grayson just kind of blew him off and he started to hit on some girls and then cameron grimes who was dressed up as an astronaut was like are we in space because y'all are extra extraterrestrial i think that's how you say it sorry (laughs) and they kind of got chased away from him like i mean come on guys it's cameron grimes (laughs) 
And then we saw the Diamond Mine issued a Pick Your Poison open challenge. So you could challenge anyone in the Diamond Mine. And then Odyssey Jones came out and accepted that challenge. And he chose to face Roderick Strong. And so we got to see that match. But during this match, Odyssey Jones took out the Creed Brothers during the match when they tried to distract him. And I hate to say it, but that distraction did kind of work. But... Because Roderick Strong was able to win this match. But I don't know. This has got to sting, you know, for Odyssey Jones. Maybe he will be coming for that Cruiserweight Championship soon. We'll see. And then we saw Imperium said that ahead of their spin the wheel, make a deal um, match with Imperium. Not Imperium. MSK, excuse me, for the NXT Tag Team Championships. They were just focused on gold tonight. And they talked about Walter, who we haven't seen since losing the NXT UK Championship. But they were just focused on the gold. And then we saw backstage at the party, Cameron Grimes challenged Duke Hudson. He's going to enter Duke's poker room next week. And then we saw Zion Quinn get intimidated by, I couldn't really tell who it was. There was one wrestler that was dressed up as Elvis Presley. And if y'all are hearing barking, my dog is barking. I don't know why. But anyways, um, he got thrown through a table by Zion Quinn. And at first everyone seemed shocked, but then they all cheered and were happy. <laughs> and then we saw Raquel Gonzalez arriving to the CWC on a motorcycle ahead of her spin the wheel, make a deal NXT Women's Championship match with Mandy Rose. And when she spun the wheel, it landed on Chucky's choice. And Chucky chose a trick or street fight match. So we got to see a trick or street fight match for the NXT Women's Championship. So many crazy moments. We had Mandy Rose trying to repent. Pin Raquel Gonzalez while she was stuck in a chair with a kendo stick across it. So, so there was no way that she could get out. And she tried to pin her. And she would have won that way. But it was not a false count anywhere match. It was just a street fight. It had to be in the ring. And during this match we also saw Raquel Gonzalez used a fire extinguisher on Mandy Rose. And Raquel even threw Mandy through a table during the match. And it looked pretty good for Raquel. But then... A masked figure. I think it might have been the same one that we saw during Joe Gacy and Malik Blades match. I'm not 100% sure, but the masked figure knocked Raquel down with the shovel during the match, which costed her the match. And Mandy Rose became the new NXT Women's Champion, and she celebrated with Toxic Attraction. So it was quite a night for Toxic Attraction, and they currently hold all the gold in the NXT women's division. And then after the match, we saw the masked figure revealing herself as Dakota Kai, who we haven't seen since her championship match against Raquel. Um, I don't know if, you know, she is ready to finish up with Raquel because Raquel said she's not quite finished with Dakota yet, or maybe she's trying to give herself an easier opponent to go for the NXT women's championship. That could definitely be some strategy from Dakota. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And then we saw the next part of the Haunted House of Terror with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. They continued to try and find Carmelo's championship. And they, again, were scared by monsters. And then all of a sudden, Andre Chase comes. And he said that he lost some of his students on a field trip. They're like, I think we just saw one. I think he's dead. <laughs> and then they, um, let's see, what else? Later, they were trying to find and that they were trying to find the championship, and the zombie ref was watching the cameras while Dexter Loomis was taunting them. And Carmelo and Andre got taken away by monsters while Trick was left alone. But then Carmelo Hayes was able to find him, and they found the North American Championship. And then they were chased off by Dexter, Johnny Gargano, and Monsters. And then after they were gone, Johnny said that next year they'll just do Halloween at his house. And Dexter and the Monsters were cool with that. They just gave him a thumbs up. So I don't know. Maybe at Halloween Havoc 2022 we'll get to see a match in the Gargano household. We'll have to see. But of course, you know, we did... 
talk about some rumors that Johnny will be leaving in December. So I don't know. And, you know, what's next for Candace? Of course, she's at home pregnant. So we'll have to see. I don't know. When is her contract running out? I think it is after Johnny's runs out. But we'll just have to wait and see. And then we saw Grayson Waller coming out and handing out his social media. And then L.A. Knight, who won the task of being the host last week, he came out and interrupted and was wearing the exact same vampire costume that Grayson Waller was wearing. And Grayson was like, well, it's not my fault you had car problems. And L.A. Knight is like, how did you know that? So, I don't know, did Grayson Waller screw up um, L.A. Knight's car so that he could host Halloween Havoc? Mm. And then Solo, Solo, ugh, Solo Sokoa, I think that's his name, um, came out and he took out Grayson. We did see that he would be coming next week and that was next week. So I don't know, maybe Solo Sokoa is trying to start a feud with Grayson Waller. We'll have to wait and see. And then we saw Braun Breaker getting ready for his match and Chucky was watching him and Braun was like, Hey, I know you. And in case you don't know, back when um, Child's Play was like super popular, like 10 years ago, Braun Breaker's dad, Rick Steiner, did like a little promo segment with Chucky. So they were just paying a little homage to that. And then we saw MSK versus Imperium for the NXT Tag Team Championships. It was a spin the wheel, make a deal match. And a fan named Alex spun the wheel. And it landed on a Lumberjack-O-Lantern match. So it was a Lumberjack match. And there was a lot of craziness for sure with all of the Lumberjacks. And there was even one part of the match where Wesley took out the Lumberjacks during the match before throwing Marcel Bartel on to them. And then after that, the Lumberjacks were let out. So it was just a regular traditional match. And at the end, it was... Um, Imperium, who was able to take back the NXT Tag Team Championships. It's been a while since they've held them. They held them for a while last year before Breezango beat them for them. But they are back with the gold, and we'll just have to wait and see what is Imperium planning on now that they are the champions again. And then we saw Braun Breaker versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. Of course, this was a very great breakout for Braun Breaker. Um, this is his first. He's a newbie, but he did fantastic against Tommaso Ciampa. And there was even one part of this match where Tommaso Ciampa hit Braun Breaker with a DDT on the open concrete during the match. But at the end of this match, it was Tommaso Ciampa who was able to win with a fairy tale ending. And I do believe, though, that they shook hands after the match and everything was okay. So that is it for the Halloween Havoc recap. Of course, a very crazy night. Chucky, of course, led the whole thing. And I know I would never expect Chucky to do something like this, of course, to promote the new show and just to add that whole creepiness to it but anyways let's move on and recap this past week's episode of friday night smackdown so on this past week's episode of friday night smackdown we started out the night with charlotte flair and i was honestly surprised that she was on the show because I'm sure you've heard about the backstage heat with Charlotte Flair, her and Becky Lynch getting into an argument backstage after their title exchange segment last week. And apparently Sonya Deville was so mad she wanted to fight Charlotte. And, you know, they talk about how her friends aren't recognizing her anymore. And, um... It's just not been very good for Charlotte. She's been pulled from media events. So I was kind of shocked, honestly. And she celebrated her new SmackDown Women's Championship. And she just said that, you know, oh, winning a championship for her, unlike the other girls, is just another day in the office. And then Sasha Banks interrupted and challenged Charlotte. I think it may look like now that Bianca is now on Raw, that Sasha is going to be more of a babyface. 
and she challenged Charlotte, and then Charlotte called Sasha so so selfish for wanting a championship match and thinks a new face deserves a shot. And then Sasha called Charlotte scared. She's like, you don't want to answer my challenge? Is it because you're scared? And then one of my absolute favorites, Shotzi. I'm so glad she's getting more opportunities. Of course, she was unfortunately split from Tegan Knox in the WWE draft. But it looks like hopefully they will use her because if you look back, you know, all the championship contenders matches, she and Tegan won and they never got that championship match. It really showed that WWE really did not do very good in their planning for Shotzi and Knock. And again, my dog's barking. But anyways, so Shotzi came out and was like, hey, Charlotte, if you want to have a championship match against someone new, I'm your girl. And then Charlotte accepted that match, and Shotzi fired a missile, which, you know, really shows that she is ready for any championship that comes her way. And we didn't saw Shotzi go against Charlotte Flair in a championship contenders match. And Sasha was watching the match at ringside in support of Shotzi. And during this match, we saw um, Charlotte and Sasha getting in each other's faces. Charlotte mocked Sasha in the little dance she does. And at the end of this match, Sasha kind of distracted Shotzi a little bit, which led for Charlotte to reign supreme with the natural selection and win the match. And then after the match was over, Sasha tried to go over to help and comfort Shotzi, but Shotzi pushed Sasha away after the match and blamed her for her loss and attacked Charlotte, not Charlotte, Sasha, and hit her onto her tank multiple times and hit an exclamation point on her and this officially means that Shotzi is officially a heel. And I think that a Shotzi heel turn could definitely be very interesting. WWE tweeted that Shotzi has lost it. And she replied, no, I found it. And Sasha posted a picture in response to that and said, let's get ballsy. So it looks like Shotzi will be heading into a feud with Sasha, which I think would be amazing. If y'all remember last year when... Bailey and Sasha held all the gold. They did go up against Shotzi and Tegan for the championships. And it was Shotzi who tapped out to the bank statement. So maybe she just wants to show she has grown so much from that match last year. I think that this would be a very fantastic opportunity for Shotzi to grow as a competitor, as a heel. And then we saw Jeff Hardy said that he was ready for a fresh new start on SmackDown. Of course, there's speculation that he might bring back his Willow character. And then Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss came over to him and quote-unquote welcomed him. And Mad Cat Moss told some horrible joke about hot dogs and witches and I don't know. Just just watch the episode. I don't want to repeat it. And then we saw Adam Pierce after Brock Lesnar's assault on him. He is not only suspending Brock Lesnar, but he's also giving him a fine of $1 million. And we saw Paul Heyman watching this and smiling. And then Caleb Braxton came over and asked how would Brock respond. And he's talked about, oh, Roman Reigns would come and he wouldn't care. He'd go through everyone and just... And then Kayla was like, but you didn't answer my question. How would Brock respond? And then he said that Brock would just destroy WWE and sounded like he was just praising Brock and he trashed Adam Pierce. and then he stopped after rambling about Brock. So does Paul Heyman have some connection with Brock Lesnar possibly? And then we saw Drew McIntyre, one of the latest, newest draftees, came out and issued an open challenge. And Mustafa Ali accepted that challenge and said that he's better than Drew in every way. And then we saw Drew go against Ali and he made Ali tap out. He didn't even give him a claymore. He made him tap out to the Chimera lock. And 
Then after that match was over, Mustafa Ali called out the fans for cheering against him. And it seems like Drew McIntyre is going to keep issuing open challenges on SmackDown, which I really hope that he gets put in a championship picture at some point because I really would love to see him, you know, as a champion, of course. And then we saw the New Day were backstage and Hit Row eyed them and the New Day welcomed them to SmackDown and congratulated them on their victory last week. And the Hit Row kind of paid respect to King Woods. They were like, we are not worthy. We are not worthy. And then they were like, oh, come on, give us a little more. And so they started singing, King Woods, King Woods. So I don't know. Does Hit Row actually respect the New Day? Or are they just mocking them? We'll just have to wait and see. And then we saw the promo, Zia Lee is coming soon. Of course, we haven't seen Zia Lee in quite some time. It's mostly just been Tian Sha. It has been her, but she has not been there in a while. It's just been Mei Ying and Boa. But she's coming to SmackDown soon, which I'm very excited for. And then we saw the knighting of Kofi Kingston. King Woods, King, ugh, King Woods knighted Kofi with a scepter, making him Sir Kofi Kingston, and gave him a golden unicorn pin to knight him. And then the Usos interrupted and said that SmackDown is the Bloodline show, and they mocked the ceremony. They're like, Halloween's not till Sunday. Why are we playing dress up? And the New Day called the Usos jealous. And King Wood said that he can't have the Usos on his carpet. It just got cleaned. And then he set up what he called a trial by combat match between the New Day and the Usos on that same night. And the Usos took a shot at Sir Kofi, but King Woods was able to fight them off. And then we saw Shinsuke Nakamura in Rick Boogs versus Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss in a trick or street fight. So many crazy moments during this match. I mean, to start off, Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss got some pyro during their entrance. And during this match, the 24-7 mob kind of crashed before running back out. Reggie was running from Drew Gulak and some others. And during this match, um, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs were able to get Mad Cat Moss his head into a bobbing for apples tub, I guess. And they toasted with Pat McAfee with some apples and some candy even got thrown into the crowd during this match. But when it seemed that Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura had it, two masked men, they were kind of walking around the ring. Well, not out in the ring, outside the ring. And I was like, what, who are those? And they hit down Rick Boogs during the match, which costed him the match, and so Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss were able to get the victory, and those two masked men revealed themselves as Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza after the match, and of course, this seems for the first time in his career, Umberto Carrillo is playing a heel role, and I really think that, you know, we've talked about Umberto Carrillo has not had the best time on the main roster and I really think with this heel turn with Angel Garza I think that this would be a really awesome chance for him to break out and then we saw Sonya Deville she set up a match between Naomi and Shayna Baszler and she was asked if she thought that odds were stacked against Naomi and she was like no I don't think so I'm a professional and then Sami Zayn came up to her and he was confused why he wasn't in the show tonight. He's like, I know it wasn't what, it wasn't your fault, but I recommend that you use me more going forward. I'm a veteran. I'm one of the longest people here on SmackDown. And so it looks like Sammy is going to keep nagging until he gets what he wants. I mean, that's what he always does. And then we saw Naomi go up against Shayna Baszler. And at first, the ref was not in the ring. And so Naomi and Shayna were, like, confused about that. And Sonya Deville came out and said that the ref who was supposed to do the match was injured by Brock Lesnar last week. And she would ref for the match. She got a referee shirt. And, of course, it was kind of, you know, set up that Naomi was going to lose this match. Because, you know, she tried to give Naomi a slow count, and she gave Shayna Baszler an extremely fast three count, like one, two, three. Like, of course, what the heck? 
Sonia. And then Naomi got in Sonia's face after that match before Shayna gave her the cure for you to clutch. So not a great night for Naomi. And then we saw King Woods said he knew that nothing could go wrong in their match with Sir Kofi Kingston. And the New Day were ready for their first royal match. And then Naomi said that after her match, of course, she was upset about the way she had been treated. And she said that, you know, if Sonya ever wanted to actually get in the ring, take off that authority um, stuff and just get in that ring, she's waiting on her. And then she said, as for Shayna Baszler, she wants to give her her rear view and then some. And then we saw the New Day versus the Usos, of course, a tale as old as time. But at the end of the match, it was the New Day who were able to knock off the tag team champs. And this was actually a championship contenders match. So it looks like we will be seeing the New Day get a SmackDown tag team championship match at some point. Which I'd love to see, of course, with their new royal getup. And, of course, so many crazy moments on SmackDown. I love what they did with Shotzi, of course. Like I mentioned, I'm a huge Shotzi fan. I dressed up for her as how. I dressed up as her on Halloween last year, and of course, if y'all have followed up, she did post me on her story. <laughs> but anyways, that is all for the SmackDown recap. Of course, you know, the new draftees, I really hope that this is a good opportunity for them. I really hope that people, and not even just on SmackDown, I hope that, like, the newer girls, like Tony Storm, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim... Um, Liv Morgan, I really hope that, you know, this gives them the perfect opportunity to break out and just be a great new beginning for them. Now, let's talk about some news. WWE has released Greg Hamilton. So, last Tuesday, it was announced that WWE released Greg Hamilton, who was a SmackDown ring announcer for little over five years, and on Wednesday, Greg Hamilton posted onto social media. He said that it was just a mutual respect departure. This is what his post on Instagram said. After six years and 52 weeks a year, it's time to say goodbye. First and foremost, don't let the internet or social media gas you up. This was a mutual respect departure from a great company. Nothing but respect from both sides. It's business. Also understand that what you see on social media is exactly that. It's not real life, especially for your favorite superstars. They are human beings with real lives and incredible human beings. The hate, the bullying that is read and internalized by real human beings, not characters. That needs to be said for my friends. And as I get older, my mother is in her 70s, my sister Jessie, who has cerebral palsy, hope I'm saying that right, those are my priorities. Not chasing fame, not being on television. 52 weeks a year became too much. Without our, without our mental health, we have nothing. But man, what a ride. There are truly no fans like the WWE Universe. Wow, six continents over six years. Embracing your love and passion has truly changed me as a person. I am forever grateful. So this seems like, you know, there have been so many releases this year, but this is not like the ones that have been happening lately. It seemed that, you know, this was more of his choice and he decided to, you know, you know, as a WWE, like working with WWE is they have an absolutely insane schedule. They're always going and going and going and going. So, of course, that can take a toll on your mental health for sure, which is definitely like what he said. That was a reason. And then his family that, you know. They had some problems and he wants to help out with and those are his top priorities which i think is awesome and thank you greg hamilton and we wish you the best of luck in whatever you do next and before we move on i forgot to mention a couple things about smackdown i was a little shocked that roman reigns wasn't on the episode of course he's usually on all the episodes but i guess it just had to do with like you know paul Heyman's segment and the Usos with their um, segment with the New Day, maybe. And then I'm very excited to see, you know, what Aaliyah does on SmackDown. She was called up to Raw after turning 
on the Robert Stone brand on NXT and did absolutely nothing. So I'm really hoping that this is a fresh start for her. We did see her last week talking about, you know, she's ready to bring the heat to SmackDown. And so we'll just have to see what she does and what all the new draftees do. Like, you know, Shotzi, of course, making her heel turn and Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza establishing themselves as heels. We'll just have to wait and see what is next for SmackDown. Now, let's talk about a rumor. WWE might have some strange reasons for pushing toxic attraction. So like we talked about earlier, Toxic Attraction has had quite the time in NXT 2.0. Of course, they are currently holding all of the gold in the women's division. Mandy Rose is the NXT Women's Champion, and Gigi Dolan and JC Jane are the Women's Tag Team Champions. And there might be a reason why they are getting pushed so hard. Wrestling Observer Radio's Dave Meltzer said that the reason Toxic Attraction is getting pushed so hard in NXT 2.0 is to attract young male viewers. And by the way, I'm getting this at cagesideseats.com. <laughs> so honestly, I really hope that this rumor isn't true because, you know, I think I've mentioned before on this podcast that a lot of the girls, like, um, before, you know, like the girls that are, you know, the big ones now, like the horsewomen, Bailey, Sasha, Becky, Charlotte, girls kind of like before them were not really the best of wrestlers. They are just kind of like eye candy almost. And I just feel like that statement, they're trying, you know, to get more younger male viewers because of, you know, their looks. I would love to see, you know, I really hope that, you know, they're getting pushed because they have been busting their tails, you know, working hard every day, trying to, you know, be the best that they can be and improve in the ring, not just, you know, to attract men or young male viewers. So I'm really hoping that this rumor isn't true and yeah. Now, let's talk about a wrestler, the NXT champion, Tommaso Ciampa. So right now, one of the top stars in NXT, the current NXT champion is Tommaso Ciampa. He actually made his WWE debut back in 2005 on SmackDown as Thomas Whitney, who was one of Muhammad Hassan's lawyers, and he confronted The Undertaker, and he read a statement from the Hassan before being attacked by The Undertaker, so of course, he like faced The Undertaker in his very first thing with WWE, like I mean, how crazy is that? And then a little later that year, on an episode of Velocity, under the name DeMarso Whitney, he was defeated by Jamie Noble. And then back in 2006, he also had a dark tag team match with Kofi Kingston against Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch. And then in 2007, it was announced that he signed a developmental contract with WWE and he sent was sent to Ohio Valley Wrestling and then he, that's when he started wrestling as just Tommaso. And then he suffered an injury. And so he had to step away from the actual in-ring competition and was Dr. Thomas, an anger management specialist, during which he managed Bolin Services. And then he would make his in-ring debut in a six-man six tag team match at Six Flags with Bowling with Bolin Services to take on Elijah Burke in Crime Time. And then a little later that year, he had a new gimmick where he began wrestling under a mask as Prodigy. But then a little later that year, he was released from his WWE contract. And then for about nine years after that, he competed in the 
um, independent circuit, and then he returned to WWE in 2015, and although he technically wasn't re-signed, he was in the NXT Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, and he was with Johnny Gargano, and they advanced in the first round, but then they lost to Baron Corbin and Rhino. And he had some matches on TV, but he did not really have the best luck because he kept losing to like Tyler Breeze, Samoa Joe. But then he was able to beat Danny Burch in 2016 and Bull Dempsey and Jesse Sorison. And then a little later that year, it was confirmed that he had re-signed with WWE, but it was a Tire 2 contract, which allowed him to not only do indie shows, but NXT shows. And then a little later that year, he entered a Cruiserweight Classic tournament. He lost to Johnny Gargano in the first round match, his tag team partner in the Dusty Cup. And then at August, and then it, ugh, excuse me, and then he announced his final independent booking later that year, and he was entering an actual full-on NXT contract, and then on a little later that year at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano challenged the revival for the NXT Tag Team Championship, but they were defeated, and then they started going by DIY, and they did eventually defeat the Revival to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Of course, Johnny and Tommaso have been through a lot. They defeated, you know, teams of Tajiri and Akira Tozawa and TM61 in Japan and Australia, respectively. And they, you know, feuded with the Revival. And then they started a, a feud with the Authors of Pain. And they did eventually lose those championships at NXT TakeOver San Antonio. And, you know, they still continued their feud with The Revival. And they faced the Authors of Pain in the first ever bladder match for the NXT Tag Team Championship, which they lost. But then after the match, Tommaso Ciampa attacked Johnny Organo, which officially made him turn heel and disbanded DIY and then... It turned out he ruptured his ACL and he had to have surgery. And then in 2018, he returned and attacked Johnny Gargano once again. And he cost Johnny Gargano his NXT championship against Andrade. And he actually forced Johnny to leave NXT for the match stipulation. Um, then he made his in-ring return to NXT. At NXT TakeOver New Orleans, he lost to Johnny in an unsanctioned match, which made him, you know, reinstated to NXT. And they, you know, feuded, and Tommaso Ciampa beat Johnny Gargano in a Chicago street fight at NXT TakeOver Chicago 2. And then he defeated Aleister Black to capture the NXT Championship for the first time, and this made him only the second wrestler to hold both the NXT Championship and the NXT Tag Team Championship after Neville. And then at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, he was supposed to defend the title against Aleister Black and Johnny Gargano, but Aleister Black was removed from the match because of being ambushed in the arena parking lot known by an unknown a salient. Sorry, I'm just reading this off of Wikipedia, but he really had a groin injury, and so they changed it to a last man standing match, and Tommaso Ciampa retained that title, and he defeated, you know, people like Velveteen Dream and Aleister Black, and he actually went on Raw in 2019 with Johnny Gargano, Aleister Black, and Ricochet, and he, in that debut match, he and Johnny Gargano um, defeated their former rivals, the Revival. And, of course, they, um, you know, didn't like each other, but they had to, you know, beat the Revival, of course. And they defeated, like, the Bar. And then it, he, unfortunately, had to undergo neck surgery, which led him to relinquish his NXT championship. But then he returned in 2019. He confronted Adam Cole. Oh, and before this, I almost forgot to mention he made a surprise appearance at NXT TakeOver New York, and he embraced Johnny Gargano, which, you know, made him a face again, and kind of, I guess, brought DIY back together. Not quite, but anyways, he confronted Adam Cole, who, of course, was the longest reigning NXT champion, and they had a War Games match. It was Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Riddle, and 
Keith Lee, I think, against the Undisputed Era. Of course, the Undisputed Era was very popular in, um, in um, oh my goodness, in War Games matches, but Tommaso Ciampa's team was able to overcome, overcome them. And so Tommaso Ciampa, he did face um, Adam Cole at NXT TakeOver, Portland in 2020 before COVID for the NXT championship, but he lost the match because of Johnny Gargano, which put their feud again. And then they had a no holds barred match, but then that was when Candice kind of helped Johnny win, which was when she kind of officially turned heel. And then he had a feud with Karrion Cross, and he was definitely Defickly, that's not a word. He was quickly defeated by Karrion Cross at NXT TakeOver In Your House 2020. And then he had a little bit of a hiatus, but he returned as a heel. And um, he competed in the 60-minute Iron Man match, if y'all remember that. But it was um, tied with Adam Cole and Finn Balor. And they had a match which Finn Balor won. And y'all remember he feuded with Timothy Thatcher. He beat him at NXT TakeOver War Games 2020. But then they decided, well, they had a fight pit match actually after that. Where um, Timothy Thatcher did win that match. But then they showed some respect to one another. And they partnered up for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Which they did pretty well in. They did not win. They lost to the Grizzled Young Veterans in the semifinals. And Tommaso Ciampa even challenged Walter for the NXT UK Championship at NXT TakeOver Stand in the Liver, which he did not win, but it's okay. And they, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher defeated the Grizzled Young Veterans in a Tornado Tag Team match to earn a future NXT Tag Team Championship match at the Great American Bash. They faced MSK, that at-the-time champions, but they were defeated. And, of course, now he won the Fatal 4-Way match on September 14th last month, and he is now the NXT champion. He defeated Braun Breaker at Halloween Havoc, which was a very good match. And we'll just have to wait and see what Tommaso Ciampa does as NXT champion. And oh my goodness, this was a long segment. I'm sorry. But anyways, let's move on and talk about an upcoming match. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship on this upcoming episode of Monday Night Raw. So on this week's upcoming episode of Monday Night Raw, we will finally get to see one-on-one Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, of course, these two have not been very kind with each other, considering what happened, of course, at SummerSlam, Becky catching Bianca off guard and defeating her for the SmackDown Women's Championship in 26 seconds. So they have, you know, Becky's, not Becky, Bianca has been wanting a rematch one-on-one with Becky for a while, but Becky has, you know, kept refusing it. And now we're finally going to get to see that match, which I'm so excited for. Of course, remember, Becky Lynch never lost the Raw Women's Championship. She just relinquished it because of her pregnancy. But now she is back in the game and she is ready to fight. And I'm very excited to see this match. I think these ladies in, you know, a real match, of course, they kind of had one um, a couple months ago at... Extreme Rules, oh my goodness, and that was, you know, ruined because of an interference by Sasha Banks, so we're finally going to get to see them one-on-one, of course, they don't have to worry about Sasha, because Sasha's off on SmackDown, so let's go ahead and talk about our predictions for this match. So, for our predictions for... Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship on Monday Night Raw. Like I mentioned, I'm very excited for this match. I think that these ladies are going to bring out the best in each other. And picking a winner for this match is extremely hard. But I'm going to have to say for now that Becky is going to retain her Raw Women's Championship. 
Um, you know, of course, we talked about she never lost her Raw Women's Championship. She had held the Raw Women's Championship for over a year before relinquished it to take some time off for maternity leave. And, you know, now she is, you know, back in the game, like I mentioned a little while ago, and she's ready to fight. And, of course, Bianca is tired of Becky, you know, treating her like she's a rookie and, like, you know, she's not a force to be reckoned with when she is 100%. And, of course, you know, Becky's like, oh, you know, you've only been great because I haven't been here to stop you. And Bianca is just sick of Becky's trash talk. So I know both of these ladies are going to bring their A game on Raw. But for now, I'm going to have to say I think that Becky is going to retain the Raw Women's Championship. And I also think that this won't be the end of their feud. I think that they're still going to feud going forward. But I'm going to say that on Raw, Becky is going to retain. Alright, that'll do it for this episode of What's Up WWE Universe. Again, make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Tell everyone you know so that we can keep our audience growing and spreading. And if you haven't already, make sure you go check out our Facebook page at What's Up WWE Universe Pod. And tell me what was your favorite match at NXT 2.0 Halloween Havoc. Alright, I'm Chloe and I'll see you guys next time. Bye, and happy Halloween!